0: All right. Good. Well, good to see everybody today. Uh, just coming back off of a trip, and uh, when you go on a trip, you get a little bit disoriented when you come back. But uh, in the meantime, you've gotten a little bit of refreshment, and uh, all kinds of good stuffs happened to you. So we had all out of that up visiting my mom, and uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm glad to be back. And as I was reflecting this week, I just kept thinking about prayer. I always think about prayer a lot. I I think. Uh, as I envisioned myself, my ministry, I never thought that I would be a, a sort of seen or thought of as maybe a prayer person, like, you know, like a, you know, talk about it so much and everything. But the thing is, with regard to me in my life, and I think many, maybe many of you are the same place, um, when I found out that prayer actually moves mountains and causes stuff to happen, I got really interested. <laughs> yeah. So that's why. So sometimes, like, and especially, I think, the male of the species, you know, uh, they have this tendency that we talk about prayer ministry or prayer or, or whatever, you know, we kind of, our eyes roll back the back of our head, you know, because you know, maybe our wife might be a little more enthusiastic about that or somebody, you know. But I'll tell you, this is so uh, incredibly powerful, this beauty of asking and receiving that God's given us. I just can't get away from it because it's sort of at the core of our relationship with the Lord, you know. And this asking and receiving thing and the interaction between us and God, it's the greatest privilege we've been given through Jesus because whatever you don't have, you can ask for and expect and look for. And so that just means that, like, it's an open check, you know? I'm <laughs> Just fill in the blank. What is it that you need God to help you with? Well, it's a financial thing, a physical thing. And so many of us miss the point, missed the great, incredible scriptures. And I just want to go over this a little bit and uh, uh, just talk to you about this and... Uh, Maybe from a little different point of view than maybe uh, you've heard before. But one of the greatest revelations found in the teachings of Jesus is that God wants us to ask and receive. Notice, not just ask, but receive. What an amazing thing. So I'm just going to start with verse 22 of John 16. So with you now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Now they didn't know how bad it was going to get. But Jesus was about to be crucified. And so he's saying in advance, you know, now is not a very good time. (laughs) And God realizes that about us right now and our nation. Now has been a very difficult time, right? But no one will take away your joy. Isn't that interesting? He, He says that and then. He says, and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. So on the other side of this pain is something else. And that's what we as believers should be expecting. And that day you will no longer ask me anything very truly. I tell you, my Father will give whatever you ask in my name. So he introduces a whole other uh, state of affairs. Before it was him asking, doing all this. They've been watching him. They got to do a little bit. But now this is going to be one of their main things. Now they're going to go direct to God. And they're going to do what he did. They're going to become little Jesuses. That's why we're called Christians, right? Christians. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you'll receive and your joy will be complete. And I'll tell you what, uh, when you ask and receive, it's a very joyful thing, especially when it comes out of nowhere where you're asking and you thought, isn't it in our language we said that guy doesn't have a prayer of making it. <laughs> we use prayer in the negative sense, like all he's got left is a prayer. No, it's not all you got left. I mean, it's like not the last resort, it's the first resort. You get to go there because that's where the answers are, right? So even the way we think of things we do it as a last resort, when everything else fails, maybe we'll throw a prayer up there and it'll hit something, right? So it's just totally opposite. There's a new state of being that God's announcing, a new way of doing things. I've been praying, you've been watching me, now you're going to pray. So, though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I'll no longer use this kind of language I'll tell you plainly about my father. And that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. We're making a change here. You're going direct now (laughs) in my name. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I have come from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Wow. What an amazing section of Scripture. I just love these verses so much. So our communion with God the Father produces good desires coming from the heart. If we look at John chapter 15, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Isn't that interesting? More fellowship with God, more spending time with God, should result in asking whatever you wish. (laughs) Right? So hanging out with God, the the logical thing that happens when we, we hang out with God is to ask whatever you wish. It'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. Heaven's not begrudging your asking. Heaven's glorified by your asking. That you bear much fruit, proving yourselves to be my disciples. So this whole thing of remaining in Jesus has lots of ramifications to it, lots of dimensions, but one of the central things is ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Wow. And by the way... The Father's not depressed about that. He's happy about it. Heaven's happy about their asking. This is to my Father's glory because this way you ask me, you get amazing stuff. You get really good fruit. The Bible says much fruit. Much fruit. how, How many want much fruit in their lives? And we're not just talking about spiritual things. Spiritual fruit. We're talking about very, very practical things. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. How about that one? That covers a lot of things, doesn't it? Give us this day our daily bread, and so on and so forth. Your kingdom come, all of it. All right. So, I want to look at Psalm 37, 4 for a moment, and then I want to move on to uh, letter B there. Take delight in the Lord... And he will give you the desires of your heart. How do you take delight in the Lord? Well, obviously you take delight in his word, you obey him. But also there's something else that's deeper, more relational, more personal. How do I take delight in my wife? Never talking to her? (laughs) That would be weird. That's just the opposite, isn't it? If there's any things that a wife wants me to do with her and me to do with my wife, it's talk, right? Without communication, it's impossible to have a marriage. So the way we take delight in each other is we talk with one another. Sometimes she's more talkative than I am. Usually she's more talkative than I am. But anyway, it's the same, right? So I'm digging myself into a hole a little bit, but I'm okay. So this is really important. And I love this scripture. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. So part of the delight in the Lord is that you actually get to ask things and see things happen. That you actually get to hear His voice when you pray. It's all part of this relational connection with God. You actually get to walk with a living God, right? So wrong desires come from communion with the wrong father, right? When we commun- commune in the opposite direction, then we get the wrong desires, but when we hang out with God, he gives us desires, important desires, and they're not all super spiritual desires. They're very practical things. One of my favorite things that I see God unfolds with people is just their ability to make a living. God wants you to do well. Right? That's part of his desire. And of course, he wants you to be holy. He wants you to be loving and, and a good dad and all, all the rest of it as well, right? What causes fights and quarrels among you? This is James 4, verse 1. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. But look at this. You do not have because you do not ask God. So now you're going to become a street fighter and get it some other way. <laughs> and a prayer, a christian without a powerful prayer life what i mean by that is turning a lot of attention to prayer is like that they become a street fighter they kind of fend for themselves they they become t- too independent god made prayer so that you would be dependent and so you may have to tussle and fight and do some things but not in the same way that a person that prays does we fight and we gather up the results other people fight just to survive See, this is the key thing. You do not have because you do not ask God. You're spending all your energy trying to... In, in, in a way, in some ways of business and making a living, you know, it's almost legendary how people fight, and that guy raised them up by his bootstraps and stuff. Listen, nobody raises themselves up by their own bootstraps. Almighty God gave you permission to make the wealth you got. That's it, all right? So the thing is, though, a lot of Christians don't ask for permission for wealth or other things. They, don't, they think that's sort of out of bounds. They're unspiritual, and so in their profession where they spend so much of their time and energy or maybe in their everyday life raising kids or whatever and there's so much need because of the attention you give the kids or whatever dimension it is. You do not have because you do not ask God. So you'd rather quarrel and fight and get in there to the rest of the world. But let's just take your job to another level. One of the saddest scriptures in the Bible is you don't have because you don't ask God. What a horrible thing. And yet many believers live in this realm when you ask, you not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Okay, listen. So before we do that, sometimes when we talk about that scripture, everybody goes, oh, well, I guess I'm disqualified because I've got this thing and this thing this thing. Oh, man, we so underestimate the love of God. He's so much nicer than you think. He's so much more for you. That's one of the things that I'm learning about God that's just such a great thing. He likes what you like. He put some of those desires inside of you. Not all the things you like, but a lot of things that you were made for, you just start doing. He likes the way you are. He likes the way you're put together. He likes your emotional put together thing, because he, he designed it. He likes the what you're interested in. He likes it all, right? I mean, as long as it's not evil, or going the wrong way, or worldly, but that's not such a hard thing to figure out. Really. And so... I just think that God's a lot better than we think. And we, should, and we discover that, we begin to ask for things. I mean, I ask so audaciously and crazy about so many things that it gets embarrassing. I won't even tell you all that I ask for. It's so embarrassing. But here's my surprise. I have found out that God's amazingly more interested than I ever thought about every detail of my life. He hasn't got around to my golf score yet, but we're, we're working on that. <laughs> I don't know why that keeps eluding me. I can't just seem to... Anyway. So in Jesus' last address to his disciples, he mentioned asking and receiving five times. So his last address, the last conversation he has with the disciples, said, okay, I'm leaving, but remember you can ask. Remember you can ask. Remember you can ask and receive. Remember. Remember how I did this. Remember how I prayed. You can do the same. You're like me. I trained you to be like me. So everything starts with believing God and his promises in our Christian walk, right? And so I'll look at John chapter 14 for a moment. Everything starts with believing God and his promises. If you can't do that, you can't get started, right? John chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. So that's where we start. I am the way and the truth and the light. Verse 6. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So once you come to me and you give me your life, guess what? You get a grand introduction to the Father and to the Holy Spirit all of heaven. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. So he's catching. I said, just show us the, just show us the big guy. <laughs> you know? Don't you know me, Philip? Even if after I've been with you such a long time, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us? The Father, they were a little slow there. But we're like that too. And it's really important. Uh, and we're not going to see Jesus or the Father like physically with our eyes, but He reveals Himself. And one of the best places we can go for this revelation is just go to the Bible. Just right. see the... Unfold the Scripture. It's all laid out there for you. And uh, He came and He showed us what God was like, what, what life's like, what the Father's like. And so all those things that we see... in in terms of their lifestyle as disciples and also Jesus and His walk with God is instructive to us. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. This is really one of the key things of prayer. God wants to live in you and do His work. That's why we have a good prognosis uh, for our country. As long as the church is alive... (laughs) right? The Father's living in us, doing His work through us. And we're asking for amazing things, right? So sometimes we give up our inheritance that way. We just try to go another direction, you know, and make that our emphasis. But I'm, I'm just telling you, prayer is not a out, like for do, do nothing. It's where we should all be in confidence. Matter of fact, my prayer life causes me to do amazing exploits, <laughs> When I pray, I get bold about stuff. If I feel like God wants me to do something, I've heard it in prayer, or I'm declaring something, I'm beginning to walk in boldness. It doesn't mean that I become weaker. It means that I become stronger in my actions. Because I think heaven's backing me up. I believe it, right? Oh, what a key thing. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. These are works also that we're supposed to do, right? Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, whoa will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater works than these, things than these because I am going to the Father. Did that stop with the first apostles? No. That's the inheritance of the church. That's our inheritance. That is where we're all headed. We're going to do greater works than these, even what Jesus did. And you know what? The Father's not jealous. Jesus is not jealous about that. The Father is smiling and out of girl. keep going, go for it. And I will do Whatever you ask in my name. Wow. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. When we ask things in Jesus' name, and it happens, good things, things for our country, things for our family, it happens, it glorifies God. So this prayer thing we're talking about is the way we glorify God. He loves this whole asking and thing. He loves it, and then you get it, and then He's so happy, and it glorifies God for you to get it. What an amazing thing. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it question is, is going to have any takers with that? Who knows what awaits us? Who knows what awaits the church that really believes this? Not just individual church, but the church at large. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Lord, I want you to save the whole world. (laughs) I want every government to bow to the name of Jesus. I want you to heal Afghanistan. I want you to raise up godly people. I want you to protect them. You know, just go on and on. This glorifies God when we get in the process. So wringing our hands, complaining, worried about this, worried about that, without taking this and having a continual life and prayer about this is stupid, right? We just spin our wheels. But if we have that prayer life, then we have action with prayer. And then we begin to see things. One of the greatest sources of faith should be, I prayed about it. Sometimes people say, well, I prayed about that. Well, I've been praying about that. But they kind of don't say it with much confidence. You know, they're sort of wringing their hands. Well, I've been been praying about that. (laughs) No, I prayed about that. God knows. God's going to take care of this. That's the place that Scripture wants to be. That is what glorifies God. That's what he's getting at. Jesus takes every believer on faith-building journeys where we learn to pray, receive, and trust. He takes you on a journey. And you learn how to interact with God through that journey to get to where you need to be. Immensely practical things, immensely spiritual things over your sons, your daughters. He takes everybody on these journeys. That's why many of us are on the journeys that we're in. You know? What about a lost son or daughter? Are you on that journey? What about a job that just doesn't seem to click? I wonder if I've lost my job. Oh, you're on a new journey. Right? You're on a faith journey. What if I'm trying to sell something? What if I'm trying to buy something? What if I'm trying to get healed? Well, you're on a faith journey. Jesus takes every believer on on faith-building journeys where we learn to pray, receive, and trust. And when we get through with one thing, we get to the other side of it, we become stronger, and then we go for more, and more, and more. Sometimes people waste their sorrows. They have a horrible thing happen to them, a dispersion, they get discouraged and depressed and they finally get through the end of it and they drag through like like Jonah coming out of the sea with seaweed after being the whale, you know. <laughs> what God means for us when we get in these places, we come on the other side of it, Oh my goodness, that was amazing. What a ride. I'm going for more. That's what he wants. Because it was supposed to be, we're supposed to learn to receive and trust. If I can get through that, God took me through that, look what else He could do for me. Matter of fact, God actually wants you to shift gears out of reverse, stop the reverse, put it in first, and keep on going. Right? All the way to third, fourth, whatever it takes to move faster, not slower. That's why you go on those journeys anyway. That's why many of you are on a certain journey right now, and it's really frustrating you. You're on a journey. You don't know why. And it just seems like it's never going to end. It will end. But God's trying to teach you how to believe in that area so that you can be stronger for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It just seems that in this life, we just keep on climbing mountains. I think we just keep on climbing. Why don't we eliminate the valleys, right? Just keep on going up, right? But notice about going up. It takes effort, doesn't it? And so does Prayer. Learning to pray, receive, and trust is a cycle that all of us are in. And you can't avoid it. That's, that's your job as a believer. All of you are on this journey. And sometimes it looks like, wait a minute, that's not what I signed up for. I didn't sign up to lose my job, lose my house. I didn't sign up for to get sick. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. But God causes all things to work together for good, for them to love the Lord, to call according to His purpose. If God be for me, who can be against me? And then in those trials is where we learn to to trust God. We learn to uh, do signs and wonders. We learn to be kingdom people. The divine partnership forms as we sense how much God makes himself vulnerable to our desires when we pray alone and with each other. Matthew 18, 18 to 20. I want to read these wonderful verses. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. What an amazing passage. If two of you on earth agree about anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. So he's talking about this in the context of prayer. So in the present state of our country, there's a lot of binding and loosing going on. And God's drawing our entire Christian population higher and higher. He's teaching us. And I think He wants to teach us so well that we learn to address the other nations as well and are parted. And there are being, people being raised up in those countries as well. So there's a divine partnership. And I, I like that word that I said, if I do say so myself, how much God makes Himself vulnerable to our desires. Think about it. He could not be offering this at all. He created the earth to do whatever He wants, but He makes Himself vulnerable. It's His own word. And when you start talking His own word right back to Him, He's really vulnerable. God, this is what You said. You told me to pray about this. I'm asking now. I'm declaring this right right now. It's what You said right here. Right here. Look. (laughs) And He makes Himself vulnerable. Yes, I did say that. And I never, never lie. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will help you to grow. You may have to trust me a little bit. You may go to another level in your trust, but I will not leave you. Jesus is the true vine. We bear fruit by embracing God's words and his commands. And I want to read these passages. I I really like these. So, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so will be even more fruitful. So that's some of the trouble we go through. He just prunes you back so you get even more fruit. That's the way nature is put together. That's the way you're put together. And you get through that thing, and you become stronger. And also, this is something that, just this passage helps me so much with this. Whatever you're going through, can I just say this? This is sort of radical, but it's so scriptural. Whatever you're going through was meant for more, not less. What do you get when you prune a plant? You get more. But it doesn't look so good. And I tell you, I've seen some miserable looking plants after pruning, right? I've watched them prune sometimes in front of my house and I think, that thing is never, ever going to come back. This is this time. I mean, this is how could it be, right? You killed it. And yet as the season goes on, it gets even more, right? So this is a good thing to know right now, especially in this time. What you're going through is meant for more, not less. What we're going through as a country is for more, not less. No, the whole rest of the world has no thought of this at all. But believers, we think different. We act different. If you take the believers out of the world, the world's done for. But we are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're the one that makes the world taste good. It's our prayers. No matter how we're disparaged or thought of by the world, we know the secret. (laughs) We're the salt of the earth. Without us, nothing happens. And one of the primary ways that we're salt is we pray for things. We ask of things. We ask God for things. We dare to go into the prayer room and ask Him because we are sons and daughters, just like your sons and daughters go to you and ask for things, right? You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, and by the way, this is not a tall order. Remaining in God is simple. If you mess up, just say, God, I messed up. Then you're back in. (laughs) Oh, you don't know. Man, I haven't prayed in a month. I haven't read my Bible in two months. I've been so discouraged, so sick, I, I just felt like giving up. Well, stop that. And it's not a long journey. Do you think God would make it hard for you to come back? If your sons or daughters have been away from you, disparaged from you, I mean, some way there's been a horrible thing that's happened and they want to come back and, and, and they want to humble themselves, would you ever deny them coming back? Well, maybe some evil parents would, but man, the moment they take one step back, you're there, right? Yeah. Many of you are praying for sons and daughters. You're just waiting. Please, please, come to Jesus. Come back, come back. Please, be reckons please. And what, the moment they turn, you're ready with the ring and the robe. Remember that? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Whoa, man. Whew. How much is too much? You know, I, <laughs> because I ask for everything. My golf scores are down, are not doing so well, so they're not down. They need to be more down. But so many things are happening good. I'm just kidding with that, but I even pray about that, honestly. But anyway, <laughs> right? But there's just so many things. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. What? Wow. Does that open up things for you? What, what can you think of? I mean, what's your where does your imagination go in this thing? And listen to this. As if to say, well, I'm, God, you sure you should have said that? I mean, wow. <laughs> no. Then he underlines it, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory. God likes that activity, that you may bear how much fruit? Much fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. So God likes this. We embrace His words, His commands, and we pray them back to Him. And uh, I just love these verses so much. They're just so full of, of life uh, for me, and I hope they are for you. Let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. So why don't you put those up? I want to read those off the screen of Um If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So this is like that one thing that is so important for us. Just to be a good confessor. Here's what to be a good confessor. When you did it, you confess it. (laughs) Right? No excuses. You did it. Just be totally honest. But don't wear it like a badge or like some sort of thing you're supposed to go through. (laughs) Jesus already suffered for you. And you know what? If you make some wrong choices, you're going to suffer also. But don't suffer because you, you haven't asked enough. Just once you once you say, look, I did it, it's done, right? This is the great out for us all. Because all of us are thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm not going to be in the vine, you know, sometimes. And there's many times. It's little actions, things you shouldn't have said, things you shouldn't have done, even big things you shouldn't have done. But here's the great thing. God made it through prayer. I mean, through prayer again. Here it is. You mean, I'm not like offering something up. I'm not taking a, you know, a a lamb or an animal and killing it. (laughs) I'm I'm not jumping over tall buildings in a single bound, you know. The Lamb of God already came. He already did the sacrifice. And so here we are, this wonderful section of Scripture. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. What an, a beautiful thing. Vines, like we are in God, he calls his vine, are supposed to grow grapes, right? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Amos 3.3. So the vine and the grape agree with one another. <laughs> right? We're not supposed to produce thistles or crazy things. So if you want to walk with God, walk with God. Pray for the things God prays for. Do the things that God does. You know, it seems boring to the average uh, person at first, but once you get the hang of this, you realize what an adventure God takes you on. God's not slow about any blessing. Can I just say that again? God's not slow about any blessing. If you can think it and you're walking with God and it's a positive thing, it's in the boundaries. (laughs) The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Where are your pleasant places? It's not outside of the reach of praying for, is it? If we walk with God, we like the things God likes, you know. And for a long time it stumbled me, you know. I thought, well, I wasn't good enough or I wasn't like God enough. If you've got the blood of Jesus covering you, you're in. You're a son or a daughter. He'll shape you up, but through your prayer life you will learn what God likes and how absolutely good and positive He really is. Just take Him up on it. Prayer is not a weak thing. It's a powerful thing. The only thing the time it becomes weak is when you stop believing in, in the power of praying. Listen, our nation doesn't look good right now. There's lots of problems and everything. But don't sell it down the toilet. Don't talk like an unbeliever and don't talk like a person wringing their hands, running around with their head cut off. Be praying people, agreeing people, people of insight. God gives you some insight or wisdom about our nation, fine. But whatever you do, don't wring your hands. Don't disparage authorities even. You don't have to do that. Just pray. Ask God. If you want someone removed, ask God to remove him. If you want somebody to stay, ask God to keep him. It's all within the boundaries, but this anger and angst and acting like the world and shoving and pushing, this stuff, you can be incredibly aggressive without being totally obnoxious. Now there may be a time when you have to stand up for your rights. That's okay. But even when you stand up for your rights, you don't have to be obnoxious. You're going to be strong and confident. And confident in the Lord at the same time. The thing is, your confidence in the Lord will take the edge off of you that the world wants to put on you. There's a lot of fighting back and forth right now. So the world has an edge on it. You don't want the world's edge. That doesn't mean you're less aggressive. It just means you don't want the world's edge. The way they fight, the way they talk, the way they think. I hate it all. I don't want to be like that. But I can be firm and clear, and God can show me exactly how to give an answer to my neighbors, to my friends, in a way that honors the Lord, but also in a way that does not betray my lack of faith. Because if I'm praying for something, and I'm believing it's going to happen, then I carry myself in a whole different way. If I don't believe that my faith makes a difference, or that my prayer makes a difference, then I'm left out there with everybody else wrangling and fighting and hoping things come out okay. But what we need now is a faith lift and a prayer lift, a continuous prayer lift from God's people. And that will shape our behavior and the way we face things and the way we do things in the right way. There's a right way to face things. And God has it, but you have to have on the inside a of com- you a, a, a confidence. Sometimes I watch the way people talk, the way they walk, and they don't walk with confidence. They walk in fear, ab- like abject fear. I can smell that a mile away because i got my own fears. I don't need your religious fears. <laughs> i got enough fears of my own, right? So, there's such a thing as religious fear. You get this little religious spirit attached to it, and you're just terrified. You're just walking around absolutely terrified, your head cut off. This is crazy. Prayer does something different to you. You can be incredibly aggressive and still not be afraid, right? And not have that edge, right? And that anger and all the rest that goes with it. But you can be very, very aggressive, you know? I'm thinking of Teddy Roosevelt. What do he say? Carry a small. How do you say? Say it again. Carl, tell me, Carl. Yes. Oh, that's good. Speak softly, speak clearly to God, and carry a big stick. You know why? Because He's got the stick. <laughs> Last time I checked, all the governments of the world are under Him. He does what? He takes this one and removes it. He puts this one in place. Your Father in heaven does that, right? And when we have some say-so in that, through our prayer life and through our agreement, through our actions, righteous actions, by the way, we make change, right? So, uh, moving along here. All right. So, small religious ways of looking at God's commands hinder us from asking for the meaningful things God desires. So when we pray, God's looking for forward momentum. I just want to say that. Meaningful things, God desires forward momentum. It's not just perfectionism. Oh god, I messed up again. Please, you know, and looking at ourselves, sometimes people beat themselves up in prayer. I'm talking about the things that God commands. He's asking for he's he's looking this way forward, you know? And so maybe you feel really bad about what you did or whatever, but don't spend a long a lot of time uh trying to clean up spilled milk, right? <laughs> Just move forward. This is the way prayer does. This is the way prayer is. God's looking for forward momentum, not that you're perfect, but for forward momentum in your prayers and your life. Your your prayer life will reflect that. Maybe you failed horribly. Maybe you made a horrible mistake and messed your whole life up. Listen, you can only repent so long. <laughs> repent, then move on, Amen. and do not let the the uh, the accuser condemn you and speak those negative words to you. Once you settle the matter and you repent it, move forward. There's personal, unique spiritual gifts and dreams that God has for each one of us. You know, we think of the world, and sometimes when we're worldly, we think of so many dreams and things that would be so good, but when you learn what the Father has for you, you find out that he's better than you think in every area of your life, nothing left out. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one should boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God prepares things in advance for us to do, good works that we're supposed to do. And one of the ways we do those works is we pray them through. That's part of the whole equipment. We pray them through and we do these works. And God prepares us in advance. He's got unique dreams for us. I like it when God has us do and pray for beautiful deeds. There's this word for good in the Bible. It's the word kolos, I believe, is the way you pronounce it. I don't know how many of you run across that word yet in the Greek, but it's an amazing thing. And um, God is after some beautiful things for us to do. And you know what? I just think in our environment right now, this is a great day for uh, beautiful things for us to do sacrificially in the world today. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden know, do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What a day it is for the church to engage in practical discussions that are going on about homelessness, about social unrest, about difficulty. My goodness. Let your light shine. You may see your good, good deeds and glorify God. And the thing is, behind those good deeds, <clears throat> we have this amazing prayer power to make those things become actual. And as I move on to this good deeds thing, I just want to just talk about a certain kind of good deed that I believe God's calling us to. And again, it's this Greek word, kolos, in the 2610. So this woman comes up and uh, she pours out all this expensive perfume, thousands of thousands of dollars of perfume to anoint Jesus for burial. Jesus says this, why are you bothering this woman? Because people were saying she could have given that money to the poor. Yeah. Jesus said, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for my burial. Should I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be also be told in memory of her. She did this good thing, this beautiful thing. It's that word kolos again in the Greek. It means lovely. I just think God's called us to do lovely things doing beautiful deeds if there ever was a time we could do lovely things it would be now the world needs so much right now and I just think the thing is um, part of this whole thing of doing lovely things is being a prayer person who can pray them into existence because I think sometimes God takes you on these prayer journeys and you get this idea in your mind and you have no idea how you're going to do it I'm feeling a very powerful anointing right now Some of you have ideas that you would like to do for God. They're very powerful. They're good deeds. It would be good if it was done. And you would like to be a part of it. You would like to do it. Okay. So here's the thing. This is where prayer comes in. So when you have those ideas, ask God to help you. Pray for them. It's like fishing. Throw your line out there and begin to reel it in. And it'll take you on an amazing journey. He's going to take you into all kinds of changes and movements and things as you go through this faith journey. But I just believe now, you know, like for example, I'm looking at Amy and Matt back there. Okay. So, and I'm looking at me. Because I didn't want a school. I didn't think we were supposed to have a school. I'd had my school. We did a school. And it was nice. And now it was done. And that was that. And my kids went through it. And I guess that was part of my thinking, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we find ourselves, hey, it's time to have a school. And these guys volunteered to lead that school. And it's a beautiful thing you did. You set your life on hold, and now there's hundred and forty-four kids from kindergarten to junior high, eighth grade. They're coming. It's a colossal thing that we're doing. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. And we've had to pray in every dollar, Every cent and every permission to get the city to agree with us that it's a good thing, and they've been doing that, step by step, and step by step. So we've had to redo this entire side to make room for the school, and it's it's almost done. It's getting there and on this side as well, and we've had to spend a lot of money doing it and a lot of expenditure. But it's a colossal thing. But let me tell you though, that colossal thing has happened through lots of prayer. We pray every step of the way. We've been praying through this thing every step of the way, and to house the homeless. I've been praying through every step. We've taken 50 to 60 people off the street in the last year. And the city of Laguna Gale should be happy about that. Because we're helping them. And they end up there, and we've been helping them. And they're growing, and some of them are in this room, you know, and learning, and they're growing it's not only that you help them financially, but spiritually really helps a lot. And we're learning how to do this more and more. It's a thing. But we've had to pray through every step. So the, my first step in this thing, I know the day it started, we were supposed to deal with the home. We've been feeding people a lot, giving people all kinds of clothes, and every kind of thing you can imagine comes out of that warehouse. You know, everything from, you know, people needing certain items or things. We give it away. We give food away. We do all kinds of things. But we really hadn't addressed the... Issue of homelessness until one day the Lord spoke to me about it in prayer. And then He told me how to do it. And I said, you got to be kidding. I don't want to do that. He said, No, this is the way. You take this seed, you sow it first, and then I'll help you with the rest. I said, God, that's so expensive. I, I, I you know. So I wasn't totally resistant, but I just prayed through it and I thought, okay, this is what I do. So what I did was I, I decided to help uh, this person. And I've been helping them for five or six years paying every bit of their rent. And uh, it was an older woman who had been homeless for 15 years, sleeping in her car. And so we just said, okay, that's the end of that. And I found her a place. And then we just did it, you know. And then I waited. God said, "No, well, that's the first seed. You sow and I'll give you the rest. And so when that happened, it wasn't a few months later, God began to give us all this wisdom. Things began to click. I began to see opportunity, began to send it he showed us how to do things. Because when you go to this place and you're going to do something like this, sometimes you don't know what to do. So I'm through every step of it. God's showing us how to do it. Now go do this now, son. Go do this now. Go do that now. And God brings, okay, I'll bring this person in. That person comes in. And you just begin to emerge. And then something beautiful comes. But you pray through every step of the way. He, he gives you these, these commands. He, he encourages you, right? So doing good deeds in prayer is a powerful thing. Dave, I think you're going to have to pray through what your next steps are, right? But God's going to show you. You invested all your life, your whole adult life, into Muslims, right? Into this country of the world. Now it looks like there may be some change. But let's just like happened to me. I invested, right? Now you've invested. Now the Lord, is, you think He's going to leave you there? He's not going to leave you there. He's going to show you on to the next adventure, what you're supposed to do, whether it's another part of the world or whether it's here in the United States. God will take what you sowed, and He's going to make more out of it, right? And as you pray, He's going to give you one step at a time. This is the one thing, the key thing, though. God didn't show me any more. He would not show me how we were supposed to do this homeless thing until we took care of that one person. That was my seed. That's what I had to do. And He says, you do this, and then I'll give you the rest. He has a habit of doing that. You do this, and then I'll show you. And then through prayer, He showed me, okay, the next step, and the next step, and the next step. And the greatest adventure... This is about the beauty of asking and receiving is you do things like this and God's with you all the way and He tells you when to do it, how to do it, shows you what to do, what to pray for and you have this beautiful lifestyle releasing these beautiful deeds in the earth. You can't do it without prayer. Do it with this connection with God. You know why you can't do it without prayer? Because God likes to do it with you. He likes to be a part of the process. He likes you to get discouraged and say, Oh God, what am I going to do now? And then you pray about it. He likes you to... He likes to speak to you, hey, have you considered doing this? He talks to you positively, he talks to you negatively, don't do that, do this, the whole thing, and you just walk with God, and before you know it, something creative has happened. It's the beauty of asking and receiving. It's a beautiful process. Some of you are come to a stop in your career. Something beautiful is about to happen. (laughs) You're in a great place, don't worry. If you've been faithful with your job, you work, don't worry. Just whatever comes next. It may take a little faith. It's certainly going to take a lot of asking. But you will get there. You will absolutely get there. and It will be better than where you were before. This time of change for Christians is like shooting ducks in a barrel. <laughs> this is what we're made for. The rest of the world freaks out, panics around every corner. We were made for this kind of atmosphere. This is us. <laughs> that other like lifestyles, not us. You know, oh my gosh, materialism and all the rest. It's not us. But disaster everywhere, that's us. We're in. (laughs) We got answers. And people are looking for them. That's the one hard thing. people aren't looking, that's no fun. But now they're looking, right? And we're looking. Great purposes and designs that God has for the whole earth are right before the church right now. In your life. One of my favorite passages in the whole Bible is Jeremiah 33, 3. And notice what he says. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. (laughs) So if you've lost some stuff, you find yourself at an impasse, you find yourself at a, you know, something's been stopped in your life and you're trying to figure out, ask of me and I will show you great and unsearchable things. He's the one that shows you great unsearchable things you do not know. Aren't you glad God's like that? Great and unsearchable things. This is the day of great unsearchable things. I don't care how negative it's out there. I don't care how much bad the news is. And boy, is the news bad on every station. You can't find a good, you know, it's just, it's not a good time, but it's a great time for God to advance. It's a great time for you to advance. Don't get swept up in the negativity. God's love releases a freedom to know the master's business and to make requests as his friends. That's the privilege you have as a Christian. God shares the master's business. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as if I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one this than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not a servant does not know his master's business. I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name the Father will give you. Did you catch that one. So you were asleep for the other passages. Let's just go back to this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will ask. Well, how am I going to bear that fruit? So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. That's how you bear the fruit. Boy, and I have an appetite for asking. I hope you're getting one too. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. How are you going to do that? Well, ask in my name and everything you ask, I'll give you. And of course, as a believer, you start asking for really cool stuff, wonderful things, practical things about your children, practical things about your job, but also amazing things about the country. If nothing else has happened in all this trouble or trauma, I think God got our attention. I think we're praying. Wow, what happens when the church actually starts praying? What happens when you actually start believing and praying over your own life? What's going to happen? I don't know. I can't wait to find out, but it's going to be good. We love because He first loved us. I love these tangible hugs. We talk about this a lot. God gives us. You know, when we feel God's attention on us, we can't help but bless the people around us. Oh, yeah. And so, John 5:19 and 20. Let's read these verses for a moment. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees His Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son. It's the word phileo. We talk about that a lot. It's a word for the Father hugs the Son. It's a demonstrated natural affection, like if I were to hug my wife. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. Yes, and He will show Him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. So the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He's doing. And if we look a little bit further, um, in John chapter 5, let me a little bit earlier actually. Nope, that's not the verse either. Oh, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Almost done. Or maybe we're almost beginning. I hope many of you are getting new life, new attention, new encouragement through this. Because the great thing is, you may have lost a lot during this time, but your prayer life didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and relationship with the Lord didn't go anywhere. And from what I could tell, Jesus is the most powerful force in the universe, and you still have access, right? This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Sometimes people, oh yeah, there it is, according to His will. (laughs) Wait a minute, would you really want to be doing things that are not according to His will? Well, no. But His will is so narrow, it's so religious. Bad mistake. That's a horrible thing, an attitude to have. He's so broad. He's so creative. He likes lots of stuff. Not just real super spiritual stuff. He likes stuff in the marketplace. He likes stuff, whatever you're interested in. He likes it. He's in all of life. Have you noticed how creative he is? He's creative. Oh, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We we have confidence. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask for. See, the thing is, I said, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? so we're walking together and the vine bears great we like this stuff we when we walk with God we begin to like the things that he does and and you would think but here's the thing that I'm discovering that's so liberating he likes more than you think he's better than you think he likes a lot more than you think he's more interested in ordinary mundane simple stuff job related stuff school stuff creative things you do with your hands sports activity. he likes the whole world. It's all his just do it for Him. Pray it for Him. Oh, there's so much more liberty than people know. I tell you, it's just, once you learn the liberty of God, once you learn how God, how kind and good He really is, uh, as blessed ones, we can walk through this world and offer bless, uh, blessings. I tell you, Henry Nowen said this, the characteristics of the blessed ones, that would be you and I, is that wherever they go, they always speak words of blessing. When you feel blessed, when you know that favor on you, you walk around blessing everything. You don't have to spend hours in your prayer room. Just bless this person, bless that person. I walk through the warehouse sometimes. That's all I do. I just bless this one, bless that. Sometimes I walk and I just bless you, I bless you, I bless you. In Jesus' name. Because I actually believe that when I say that with my mouth, I think it actually happens. So we become living, walking blessings. The characteristics of blessed ones is that wherever they go, they always speak words of blessing. It's remarkable how easy it is to bless others, to speak good things to and about them, to call forth their beauty and truth when you yourself are in touch with your own blessedness. The blessed one always blesses. The blessed as the blessed ones. We can walk through this world and offer blessings. And you know, you can do that no matter what place you're in. Maybe you're just uh, coming out of homelessness. You can still bless people. You can bless people while you're homeless. You can bless, bless people and no matter what place. You have something. No one can take away your blessing. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make the world taste good, feel good, be good. And God does it through your mouth, which is the most amazing things of all. Why would He use my mouth to do that when I use my mouth for so many other bad things. But that's the offer. We can walk through this world and offer blessings. We don't have to look any further than the love of fathers and mothers for their children to understand how God responds to us. And I'll finish on this. Luke chapter eleven. Won't we all stand? Which of you fathers if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Sometimes we're so religious we can't even think of what a fish looks like. In this context, a, a fish is a good thing. It doesn't have to be a super spiritual thing. It's just a good thing. God wants you to have good clothes. He wants you to have a peaceful life. He wants you to be healthy in your body. He's better than we think. When we get that in our mind, then our asking button begins to turn loose, right? Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead? For you that are parents, you know that better than anyone. What would you not give your kids? I mean, I just give anything, you know. I, when you love them, you want the best for them. Sometimes you can't give them this or that because it wouldn't be good at the time, but for the most part, and the older I get, that's I guess that's, the meaning of grandparents. You just don't even think that much about it anymore. (laughs) Just give whatever they want. You know, I'm not sure if I'm going forward or backward with that, but I think it's the right thing to do. But actually, my heart, I can't help but do it. I mean, I don't know. so funny, looking at my kids. (laughs) So, Sometimes I was a little over the top with my kids, you know, especially in sports, you know. Strike that sucker out! <laughs> Doesn't sound very spiritual, but I wanted my son to strike the guy out at the plate, right? And he did a lot of that. And I was all behind him praying all the way, not even thinking about the poor kid on the other side that's striking now, right? <laughs> so I haven't worked all that out theologically yet. but <laughs> But the part that you can take from all that <laughs> is... God's for you. He wants you to do well. Right? He wants you to do well. You want your kids to do well, He wants you to do well. Right? And so sometimes we go maybe a little over the top with our own kids. With that Actually, I'm sure I went way over the top many times. But the principle is this. What you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. If he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. <laughs> he threw that in. He's very aware that we don't have the greatest motives. That we're not that great. That we're not that nice. He understands that, right? Which is really good because he still go, lets us pray, right? <laughs> isn't that great? If you though you are evil, that does not sound good, but he still lets you pray. What's that's amazing, isn't it? Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Give God and His gifts to those who ask Him. Amazing. All right. The beauty of asking and receiving. So, I'd like the musicians to come up this. Anybody in the room, if you could just come a little bit and uh, I think this would be a great time for you to do some asking. Great thing about church or being in an atmosphere like this is you get to kind of Focus a little bit. You know? And so you could just take a moment and you could do it from where you're sitting, it'd be fine. Or you could do it up in the front. <clears throat> but I, I keep hearing my head ask of me and I'll tell you great and mighty things you don't know. Another thing is some of you are praying for big things. It's so laser focused. You know exactly what you need right now. You know exactly. Some of you know you need something, you're not sure exactly how the problem will be solved. Terry, there, wherever Terry is today, she needs to be healed. She needs this searing pain in her back of her neck to be gone. That's it. Simple. For some of you, maybe it's not so simple, but God will make it simple for you how you're supposed to pray. But I think we could ask for some amazing things in this little moment, just with the inspiration of faith that we got. And I think God might just hear you today in a way that maybe He hasn't before. At least, maybe I should ask God that He would not only have you ask now for whatever you're looking for, but keep on asking. Keep on persisting until the thing begins to materialize. It's part of the great adventure of walking with God that we walk with God and things uh, materialize as we pray them, right? We're walking hand in hand with Him. All right, you got that dialed in? What is it you're thinking about today? Some of you need wisdom for decision. So, you need a child to turn and repent and come back home. So, you need absolute clarity about your job. Do I leave my job? Do I stay? Or do I need a new job? Or do I retire? One of the biggest decisions that people are praying about is whether they move or not. Make sure you pray about that one. You're supposed to be somewhere. I don't care if it's. Just say. I'll just say it in a real super spiritual way. There's a land of your anointing. Oh yeah. Stay there. Because you'll find blessing there. Even if it doesn't look so good. Even if the politics aren't right. Or even if this isn't right or that not right. So if you pray about it and God tells you to go, go. Make sure God's telling you to go. And do it in faith. You may not all know everything about it. but I know a number of you are asking about that. Thinking, well, do I move or... Asking about jobs. Well, I don't have a job. What am I going to do? Play to ask about. I'm going to start praying uh, a little bit, and then during the worship, uh, I'll call any of you who'd like to come forward. Come forward. Sometimes that helps. You can just stay from your seat if you like. But whatever you do, don't let this time pass without asking for great and wonderful things. Okay? So, Lord, today as a congregation, we ask you, We pray that you would give us a good governor in this state. Good senators and good legislators. We pray you would just do it, Jesus. We pray you would elevate righteous people. We, Lord, we pray for our president right now, who's in the valley of decision, trying to make some awfully difficult decisions. And all of his staff and everybody around him, we pray, God, you would help him. Help him and help those underneath him. May there be wisdom in our upper leadership so they make wise decisions that don't hurt people to make wise decisions that actually bring blessing. Help them to turn back to you, Lord. We pray for our area. We pray for our city officials in Laguna Niguel. May God's mighty hand be on them. May you give them wisdom beyond their wisdom to solve difficult city problems. We Pray for the city council and all those underneath. We ask God that you would just raise them up. We bless them in Jesus' name. May your mighty hand be on them. May they have wisdom to... great govern this city and all the other cities and managers, city managers and leaders in other cities, Mission Viejo and Laguna Niguel and, and all of them, Lord. We pray for them right now in this time. We pray, Lord, for our jobs and our job situations and we ask you, Lord, that you would just bring divine appointments to us and show us the way we're supposed to go. And Lord, we ask you that uh, you would tear down strongholds that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God, that look wise, but they're men's wisdom, and they're even demonic wisdom, and they're not right for our culture. Lord, I pray, God, that you would put people in authority that are full of wisdom and counsel, the love of God. We pray for our rulers that you put them in place. And if they're not going the right way, I pray you would turn their heart, channel their heart like water to do the right thing. I pray the right thing would be done on our southern border. I pray the right thing would be done in Afghanistan. I pray the right thing, Lord, the thing that you would like us to do, even these officials. We pray for them. We ask you for grace on them in Jesus' name. We pray, God, you'd rid our country of this uh, horrid COVID virus. I pray give wisdom to our authorities on how to govern our land in the context of this, both state and local, even international. Jesus' name. We pray for even distant countries who haven't heard the gospel yet. We ask this would be the time for exposure in a way that we've never seen before. We pray for anyone in this room that's got healing he needs, or any child that's away from the Lord. Come back. Come back. We reel you in. Come back. Come to Jesus. May our children have divine intersections with other believers. May you encounter them supernaturally in their bedroom. May you walk with them through their difficulties and their jobs. Lord, bless our land. Bless our families. Bless our household. Bless our churches. I thank you, Lord, you've shown me this is going to be the greatest season of evangelism and church growth, church blessing that we have ever seen. What the enemy meant for evil, you're now turning to good. And you're bringing radical believers forward see this world one for Christ Lord there's so many other things we could pray for corporately but now Lord as we do this music and worship and you guys can go whenever you like feel free I just invite you to come forward if you like you've got something specific that in this context you know what I've talked about you just like to pray for come up to the front or you can stay right where you are if you feel more comfortable that way and um, so I'm just going to open it for that he's going to do worship and uh, and you can go whenever you want But today, if you could be careful about how you go, because I think there's an atmosphere of prayer that I can feel in the room. And so if you're going to talk to your friends, uh, talk to them out there. Meanwhile, I just encourage you to take three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, however long we're up here, to just ask God. Ask of me, and I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. I pray, Lord, today people would ask big and boldly. Hear all the prayers that are being offered right now. Prayers for family, decisions about families, decisions about jobs, decisions about marriages and unions, decisions about whether to move or not, to stay here geographically. All these decisions, all this transition people are in, hear from heaven as people pray. And I pray, God, that you would reward this message I spoke by answering people's requests quickly like giving us signs that you're with us. I pray there'd be signs that would pop up tomorrow, the next day. That You prayed this today and there's a sign. Sometimes God does that. He starts doing something. It may not be completed but you go, oh, God's on this. God's on this. So I pray for signs all over the room that God would speak to you, tell you, I'm here. I'm doing this. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. So we're going to make, Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. So we're going to make this a great house of prayer for a while. If you need to go, feel free. No problem. But try to go quieter this time. Talk to your friends out there. And I just think there's a lot of serious business going on here that's wonderful. And I just think God's going to do a lot of business just right here in, in response to this message. In Jesus' name.